0: Welcome to the Hometime Show podcast with Bush and Richie. We are two people who are very much powered by food uh, and we we both get a little burst of energy. We kick on a little bit if we know that we're having a good tea in the evening when we get back home or whatever uh, for your evening meal. And we don't mean what we're about to say now, anyone to take offence about this at all. And we're, you know, we're lucky to have what we have in life. But is it fair to say, Richie, that both you and I have less than exciting dinners on? on the horizon for us this evening
1: well i talk about mine for starters then nobody in a million years would say that jacket potatoes is exciting particularly when it's a supermarket bought one and you're not even doing it proper
0: (laughs) what is it like pre-done jacket like you just stick it in the oven type
1: thing mate i'm even as i think about it it's it's appalling (laughs) it is a pre-done jacket potato we've got no kitchen at the moment Wow, so you just like microwaving stuff left, right and centre. It's just horrendous. My my three-year-old
0: son had dairy Lee Lunchables
1: for lunch and we weren't even out of the house.
0: Wow, it's like camping but indoors, isn't it? It's unbelievable. Well, I'm having uh, frozen veggie burgers and some potatoes. So we'll uh, we'll see how we get on in the gulag and we'll (laughs) report back tomorrow.
1: Now it might be because there's not too much going on right now that this has been on my mind for the last couple of hours. But on my, on the train on my way into work uh, this afternoon, somebody had left a rucksack on the oh. uh, on the seats opposite. Now go back a year and that wouldn't necessarily have been a strange occurrence. But there's barely anyone on public transport these days because we're in a lockdown. Uh, so yeah. to actually see a little bit of lost property uh, was a rather strange thing. So I picked it up and I handed it into the uh, the train station as I. Uh, got off. And then for the 15 minute tube journey, uh, for the last leg of my journey in Bush, all I've been doing is thinking about this rucksack. Who did it belong to? How long did it take for them to realise they've missed it? Have they got it back yet? How much has it messed up with their day? What was in it? Because I decided not to look. Um, Yeah. There's something weird about discovering, like, a lost item, don't you
0: think? Well, uh, you know, the other day I remember you'd forgotten your charger for your uh, your phone or whatever, so you were like freaking out about the journey home. Like, what are you going to be able to do? You can't watch anything because you haven't got your charger. Imagine losing your entire bag at the beginning of a working day because it's obviously earlier on so that person's gone maybe for a big meeting or maybe the paperwork that's in there is vital for that meeting. You don't know what the kind of um, uh, repercussions are of forgetting that bag. You know, it's almost like an insight into someone else's life. When I think about losing something, the thing that always
1: comes to mind for me straight off was when I went to university, went to Bournemouth University uh, and I remember the first time uh, during that first term at university that I went back home for the weekend and what I'd done... uh, in the first couple of weeks of university, as I brought myself a denim jacket, I'd never been—I'd never been encouraged to have a denim jacket <laughs> when I lived at home. So I'd gone to university. <laughs> I kind of bought my first denim jacket.
0: A I'm bit- thinking uh, maybe Climby Fisher. <laughs> Climby Fisher <laughs> is what I'm thinking. North, Rolled up sleeves.
1: Not far off. And I thought, oh, this is rebellious. Go and buy a denim jacket. So I went home, uh, got the train uh, back, and left the denim jacket on wow. the train. I'd had my first denim jacket for all of two days. It was a desire. I never found it again. No one, well, it, I, I, it never got uh,
0: turned in or that kind of stuff. I was distraught. Well, it is a lot more money, wasn't it, to get a, a panther printed on the back of it on the <laughs> seafront? <laughs> so, first day of the
1: show tonight, I think it would be good to hear what have you lost? I would say as well,
0: any form of food loss, like, you know, anyone listening right now has dropped their tea just before having it in the evening. That's the worst. You never forget dropping your tea. It's true. Uh, It's absolutely horrendous. A couple of people sending in stories about finding stuff, which is great. We just want to just say at this point in the show, and please don't take this the wrong way, uh, it may come across as a bit weird, but we don't want your finding and found stories until after 6, because we're going to do this in a fairly unique way, never done before on the radio. We'll explain more in a little bit. One other lost story, though, in the meantime... Uh, Western Supermare Beach. My uncle had a Frisbee and a metal detector back when I was a kid. I think we were about I was about eight or nine. What uh, I didn't fundamentally understand how metal detectors work. So they were playing Frisbee and so my cousins were using the metal detector or whatever. So what I did is I hid the Frisbee... <laughs> I said to him, can you find it with the metal detector? And My my uncle was like, well, no, obviously not, because that's plastic. It only detects metal. And they never found the frisbee again. It's somewhere still, as we speak, on Western Supermare Beach. So I lost the family's frisbee. And then they never let me uh, forget it. Put it that way. James in Devon says, I once lost a metal detector, found it whilst playing frisbee. I think he might be having a pop about me and my uncle on Western Supermare Beach. Uh, Laura in Glasgow says, I was a majorette and was always leaving my baton on the bus. Uh, Benji, tell us, what did you lose?
2: Basically, uh, we went on like Stagdow, uh to Hamburg. Completely different uh, lad who the story's about. Um, and he couldn't come the me, she wouldn't let him come, so obviously I had a bit of speak for that. So we um, we got a cardboard cut out of him, full size. Well, he might have been a bit bigger, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we had a few beers and that, and we went out to catch the train, and obviously, something happened on the train. I can't remember what happened, but there's a bit of uh, the commotion. As we got off the train, um, we around, we realised that we forgot him. So we turned around, the doors had shut. And, and off it goes. <laughs> full his uh, matey, standing there, waving us off. Tried to catch him. Uh, couldn't find him anywhere. So, so what was his in, name, uh,
0: your mate? What's the name of this legendary fellow that's lost somewhere still in Germany?
2: Uh, Mark Smith, Meaty, he's also named as Meaty. Meaty. <laughs> still
1: still Meaty. seen circulating around the Hamburg underground somewhere. He's probably
2: still <laughs> over there, mate, no. Somebody's probably kept him in his bedroom.
0: Yeah, you, you know like you end up with Lando Calrissian from uh, Star Wars in your room. Someone's got your mate Meaty dressed as a Teletubby. It's fantastic, isn't it?
2: <laughs> I mean, they don't need to dress him up. He does look a bit like a
1: Teletubby anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Great to talk to you, Benji. Thank you.
1: Cheers, Mike. Thank you. Uh, Dan says, I lost a barbecue on a stag due to rising tides on the Norfolk Broads a couple of years back. I had to leave to make a bridge
0: and the barbecue owner was asleep. Probably still there, says Dan. Unbelievable. Had to leave to make a bridge. We've had some interesting stag do stories on tonight's show already and and the, the night is young. Joe in Liverpool says, I once lost my tea after slipping on a dog chew on the floor, I was gutted. It was a curry that I just made. Like I said earlier on, if you drop your tea, you never forget it.
1: Uh, Tom, what did you lose? Yeah, so I was um, going to get an ice cream before we jumped off the train. And unfortunately,
2: I dropped mine within about two seconds of having it. And then it um, basically, with well, a mark I and fallen, was literally just outside the train station. And I had the pleasure of walking past it every single day for about the next four weeks where the mark took
0: that long. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you had like a, a Shroud of Turin-style mark where you dropped your ice cream outside the train stations. <laughs> so you literally were kind of had this, this, the salt rubbed in the wounds on a daily basis walking to work to get the train.
2: Pretty much, yeah. And even now, to this day, until i have an ice cream my wife just starts laughing at me because she just takes
1: the time. The weird thing is, Tom, Bush and I have both got toddlers... Dropping an ice cream is one of those things that doesn't get any easier to, to, uh, to take, whether you're 2 or 42. I'm
2: 37, this still haunts me now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the theme of tonight's show is lost and found. First hour, we were after your stories about losing stuff and lost stories, etc. This hour of the show, we were talking about found. If you found something amazing, get in touch with us this evening and want to hear about it. But we don't want to hear about any lost stuff because we did that in the last hour. Uh, Sarah, what happened to you then? Tell us.
3: I had a wallet with 80 pounds in it mm-hmm. and I left it in the phone box and saw my uncle driving down the road so I ran out to flag him down forgetting that i left my uh person there with the money in it and i went back the next day and found that (laughs) the the wallet was still there but it just had a penny in it and no money (sighs) apart from one penny (laughs) now
0: uh, where where is this what area was this in it was
3: in norris green in liverpool
0: right so my my family are from norris green from hasfield road in norris green that's where my nan lives yeah, uh, and I remember us waking up one morning when we were visiting them, and someone had nicked the entire playground, all of the <laughs> swings and the uh, the roundabout, and everything had gone. Me and my brother walked down there, and it was like a wasteland; it had all been nicked. See, <laughs> so, but at least your wallet was found. Your purse was there in the end.
3: That's it. Well, everything, everything was still there. Um, you know, cards everything else but there was just like one pence left in the zip compartment and i think they did that on purpose
1: (laughs) (laughs) sarah this is going to be no consolation to you but as bush and i move from lost stories into found stories you were kind of the perfect bridging person to speak to because you've lost 80 quid but you did find your wallet again
3: (laughs) (laughs) maybe yeah
1: yeah amazing thanks for sharing the story sarah No worries. Judith says, first bin collection after Christmas, my hubby found a £20 note in an envelope which had been dumped in our recycling bin in a bag of rubbish
0: which wasn't ours. Lucky him. Uh, Rich Stacey's tweeted a photo of a pair of ladies' underwear. Uh, right. in a, in, in, a, in what appears to be a hedgerow. He says, guys, part of my job involves taking measurements of roads. This morning, this is breaking news, I was on a site at the New Forest, measuring a section of the A337 near Brockenhurst. Mm-hmm. Someone has obviously lost something important. Uh, needless to say, although I found them, they are still there on the grassy verge. He won't take them home. <laughs> Georgina says, I found a plastic bag full of money left at a petrol pump when I was about ten. My grandmother kept it all and gave me just a five like Fagan, <laughs> uh, James. Tell us what did you find? I
4: was at um, college quite a few years ago now, um, and I was on the way home after having a few beers after college and um, cycling home down the hill. There was a roundabout at the bottom. Got knocked off by a car. Ooh. He knocked me off my bike, but then so I was on, on unconscious. But I was luckily uh, passing ambulance. <clears throat> you know the the transporter uh, ambulance buses. Yep. They happened to pick me up, and they were going to the hospital that way anyway. So they picked me up.
0: <laughs> wow. So, so did you did you land it, Did you land in the middle of the roundabout, a little bit like face down in a Birmingham in Bloom flower arrangement, or something like that?
4: It was nearly, <laughs> <laughs> not quite as spectacular. <laughs>
1: Do you know what? In all yeah. the possibilities yeah. that we could have had for this particular topic, uh, I'd never actually realised that. The person calling could be the thing that was found. You were found.
4: (laughs) I was found and taken to hospital, so saved as well. Found and
0: saved. Found and (laughs) saved. That's tomorrow's show absolutely sorted.
1: (laughs) 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 Cheers, James. All the best. All right. Okay, thank you. We have time for one more call. Fiona, what did you find?
3: I found a wallet in the subway near where I live and it had quite a bit of money in it and I thought, ooh, and a ticket to a good rave that was going on. (laughs) 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 But obviously, I took it to the police station and I I thought, you know, I've found this wallet. And they said, okay, and and it was nothing about it. And then four days later, I got a box of chocolates to my house for handing it in.
0: That's so nice because, you, you know, you hear, we've had some lovely stories on tonight where people have found something with money in it and given it back and everything. Yeah, you always yeah, wonder yeah. whether anyone gets any kind of, like, good karma comeback from that. But you got a box of chocolates, which <laughs> is great.
3: Yeah, I did. I got a box of milk here, which was very
0: nice. Um, a quick question. The
1: chocolates, are they from the police or from the person whose wallet it was?
3: No, <laughs> They were from the person who... He came to the door, the actual person whose wallet it was, came to the door and thanked me.
0: So he must have picked them up from a 24-hour garage on the way back from the (laughs) rave.
3: It's
0: time for us to step once again into the unknown. Uh, The phoning gods have been smiling on us so far with Lost and Found, but will they still be smiling once we span our tombola? (laughs) Here's how it works.
1: If you're new to the Tuesday Tom it's literally behind me here in the studio. 100 balls inside. Every one of those 100 balls uh, is assigned. A, a topic for us all to chat about for the remaining 53 minutes of the show. But what will it
0: be? Well, let's have to have a little spin and see what happens. We've done all right in recent weeks. We're due a bit of a, a curveball. Someone to knock us off our stride. Let's see what happens.
1: Interestingly, she spun really well tonight.
0: It's been oiled, I think. Recently oiled, I think.
1: Can you? Do you know what this ball? This ball, menacingly, before I read you the number, the ball says "Leona Wazir"
0: on it. (laughs) Unbelievable! She's even writing on our balls in the studio now.
1: (laughs) There there you go. There There you you go. go. Right, Uh, it's ball number eleven. What famous person came to visit
0: your school?
1: What oh, this famous is person beauty.
0: came to visit your school? I think it's fair to say most schools at some point, particularly during the 80s, had a visit from a famous sort. Maybe it's a royal that's opened a new wing of the school. Maybe it's the Coca-Cola kid doing them keepy-uppies with a tiny little football. Anything like that goes. If someone famous came to your school, we need to hear about it tonight. You can text us now, 81215. <laughs> 15 Karen Saunders in St Albans says Susan Tully, a.k.a. Michelle from EastEnders, came to open my secondary school summer fair in the 80s. Hey, look what I found.
1: Look what I found.
0: That's Susan Tully for you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
1: Chris Akabusi says Liam. Wow. Uh, He was the highlight. He was still talked about among us as a group of friends to this day. He was a legend.
0: Staying on the old um, EastEnders uh, Grange Hill theme, Elliot and Guildford says, we had Zamo from Grange Hill coming for the Just Say No Tour circa 1987. I understand he now works as a locksmith in Soho. There you go. A bit of extra info. Uh, right, Chris, who did you have visit your school, please?
3: Uh, it was Hunter from Gladiators.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Hunter from Gladiators came on to on your school. That <laughs> is famous. Tell us what school it was and what did Hunter do when he was there? Uh, It was Nottingley High School uh, in West Yorkshire
3: and um, I I can't really remember. He just sort of got on the stage at the front, said about a few words for about 10 minutes and then gave out these big foam hands to people and then left.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Whatever his message was, it's not what stuck with you, it's the foam hands that did.
3: Definitely, 100%, yeah. And I didn't get one either. (laughs) <laughs>
1: oh hey chris well look let's make up for that rather than what's more sought after than a gladiator's foam hand is a bush and ritchie hometime tesco mobile face mask do you want one of them fella absolutely yeah That'll do for me. on its
0: way <laughs> thank you We've got becky on the line becky who came to yours it
3: was mr blobby <laughs> <laughs> in a blobby
0: helicopter whoa the. a blobby helicopter talk us yeah. through it
3: um, well, I was quite young. It was early 90s, and I was—I um, think I was like year three or year four, all primary right, school. Right. Sorry. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he uh, arrived in the playing field, um, and all the school went absolutely nuts. We all ran outside, and down came Mr. Blobby and the uh, Blobby Copter, whatever you want to call it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and d- did he actually say anything meaningful, or, or did he stick to just Blobby, Blobby, Blobby?
3: Just a Blobby, Blobby language, yes. Yeah. Nothing. Amazing. To, if you if you're a kid watching do. that,
0: you're thinking if you work hard and hang out in Crinkly Bottom, you'll get yourself a helicopter at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? It's like a, a success yeah. story.
1: Yeah, exactly. We yeah uh, yeah we loved it. I'm trying to work out what 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 was the point because like a lot of these famous people that are coming, like you know they're they're, they're given a like a worthy message, but this guy's turning up in a helicopter, <laughs> literally yeah, just going he blobby.
3: I don't even know if there was a book or maybe there was an album. I can't remember. I'm sure there was oh. a song at some point, wasn't there? Maybe Please, anyone here. listening to this right now, did,
0: did Mr Blobby ever release a book? Did he pen a book? We'd love to know that. And was it technically called The Blobby Copter or has Becky just made that up on the, on the top of her head, which is fantastic if she has?
3: Yeah. <laughs> Becky, you're getting yourself no. a
1: home-time face mask no matter what that thing was called. Thank you. Amazing, Becky. Can we beat that with Jonathan? Who came to yours, Jonathan? David Prouse, the
4: uh, guy who played Darth Vader. In the original uh, Star Wars films.
0: Oh, cool! And so, did he come as Darth Vader, or did he did he come as the Green Cross Code Man?
1: He
3: actually came as the Green Cross Code Man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if it, if it were me, <laughs> I'd be saying I had Darth Vader come to school <laughs> <Yeah>. in Venice. <fairness. laughs> First of all, it's a given you didn't go to school uh, if you didn't have uh, Dave Prowse visit your school back in the day. Sure. So many.
0: I just think it might be easier. Maybe tomorrow we'll just do a phone-in about, um, did Dave Krauss not come to your school? It might be an easier thing to, to do tomorrow night. Steve says, I grew up on a Salford council estate. The only people that ever showed up at our school were the cops. Thanks, Steve.
1: <laughs> uh, another report for
0: another gladiator.
1: Uh, Martin says... Sorry, no, not Martin. Matt says... We had Rio from Gladiators visit my middle school about 20 years ago. Uh, We had a different famous person each year. But she's the only one I remember, as she called my mate Matt, something that I can't repeat on the show.
0: I think, to side with Rio there, I reckon Matt was playing up. That's more than likely. (laughs) Charlie's got two. What about this? Douglas Hurd visited my primary school in the 80s because he was our local MP. My shoulder made it into the local paper when they took his picture. And Peter Andre sang in our drama theatre at secondary school in the early 90s when he first started out. (laughs) Uh, Jeff Capes and the other
1: world's strongest men uh, were on the canal barge at the bottom (laughs) of the primary school playground in 1985, says Sandy. I'm not entirely certain that counts as a visit. If they were on a passing barge (laughs) I think I've been on that nightclub (laughs) and then Evelyn Glennie could this be to trump the whole lot Scottish percussionist Evelyn Glennie came to my primary school to play the glockenspiel once I had no idea who she was but my dad was well impressed says Martin in Yeovil you know what? Um, at the beginning of the episode tonight, we were, we were talking about uh, the meals that we've uh, got lined up when we both, uh, well, I say when we both arrive home, when we're both done. Um, I'm actually tempted to stay here.
0: I don't know whether I want to go home for jacket potatoes, the more I've thought about it. There you go. If you're thinking of having jacket potatoes this week, that's the effect it has on your other half.